Have you ever had your heart broken? In today's episode, we're talking to the gorgeous Beverly Ligman about her journey, taking her broken heart and turning it into art. After a bad breakup with her ex-husband, Bev Ligman set about writing a book, Welcome to D-Town, A Guide to Divorce for the Kind of Young and Still Kind of Hot. This episode will give you all the feels when it comes to love and loss and also just getting yourself back out there. There is so much to cover this week. Let's jump straight in. If you're trying to promote your brand, but stuck finding the right words, this is the podcast for you. Get your weekly inspiration on all things storytelling, creativity, branding, and so much more. I share inspiring stories, as well as tips and tricks on how to make your words work out in the world. And if you like free stuff, I've got you covered there too. Head to therightremark.com to steal my marketing secrets. You're listening to The Right Remark Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Right Remark Podcast. I am super excited to share this week's episode with you because I am talking to the gorgeous Beverly Ligman. Now, for those of you who don't know Bev Ligman, Bev is a fellow journo like myself. She has had a successful career in the newspaper, magazine and publishing industry, writing for Fairfax, News Limited, WA Newspapers, a whole heap of lifestyle mags, not only in um, Perth or P-Town as she calls it, um, but also in Melbourne, Sydney and London. These days she works as a media engagement and comms consultant, helping brands and the people behind them engage with the media. She is a PR guru, this girl. She's worked with lifestyle brands such as David Jones, Moet, Hennessy, property groups, local government organisations, aged care, healthcare bodies, the works. Bev is also a beauty and lifestyle writer who creates content for various lifestyle mags based in WA. And she was inspired to write her first book, Welcome to D-Town, after a particularly shitty divorce. And the reason she wrote this book is really to help provide some guidance um, for others that might have been going through their own breakup or divorce trauma. So without further ado, let's welcome Bev. Welcome to the podcast, Bev. Thanks for coming on. Good morning. It's so nice to be here. Oh my goodness. We've been talking about doing this for a long time. Such a long time, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) Creatives, the queens of procrastination. (laughs) Isn't it funny? We were just talking about that before I hit record. Creatives are absolutely like we're professional procrastinators, aren't we? Yeah, always got a great idea, but, you know, follow through, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) But you do have follow through. You wrote a book, Welcome Mm -hmm. to D-Town, A Guide to Divorce for the Kind of Young and Still Kind of Heart. Uh Tell my beautiful listeners about this book. So about seven years ago, I went through a really shitty divorce. And so I was the first one in my social group to get divorced. And I just realized kind of going through the heartbreak and all of the shittiness of it that no one actually knew what to say to you. It was so awkward. And there was all these platitudes and I don't know, people just didn't know how to, didn't know how to cope with it. They didn't know what to say. And I just thought there should be something that you can give to people 
that helps with this? And I thought there's no, like, there's a guide to everything else in life, right? So why isn't there a guide to divorce? So I thought, well, there's clearly stages. It's just like any grief. And I just thought, I'm going to write a book about that. (laughs) So... So that's kind of how it came about. And I literally, I wrote it as I was going through it. So even now, kind of, it's seven years ago now, so life is different. But when I read it now, I just go, oh. I feel that pain. Well, it takes you back there. But, you know, in a for me, the whole process was quite cathartic. So I think for me, the end of my divorce really was kind of publishing the book. So, yeah, like it definitely was a book that I had to write. Yeah, absolutely. And I think from memory, it did finishing the book did coincide with you signing the divorce papers, didn't it? It did. And it just felt like a really cathartic kind of ending, like lots of creatives, like whatever your craft is. If you use like when I'm sad, I write the best. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I often joke that with my husband now. I had all these crappy relationships before I met you. And now I'm happy and I'm married and I've got nothing interesting to say. Yeah, look, it just, I think when you're meant to do something, it kind of just pours out of you. And the whole process of writing and kind of just typing it out on the keyboard, like it just says something really kind of it's therapy yeah it is it is absolutely and for those like obviously this is a potty so people can't see Bev but if you go to the podcast page you'll be able to see gorgeous Bev super hot (laughs) and I was a bit like what the hell you what what a douche that guy was a douche anyway we won't talk about him but tell me about the actual process of writing the book so like because obviously you're a journalist by trade like me you're a writer um, and you've made a career out of being a writer professionally this is a bit different right yeah definitely like I always wanted to write a book like a lot of journos I think we all have this kind of like secret oh yeah I'd really love to be an author as well it's like because I think writing commercially for a newspaper or a magazine that's one thing but a book is such a personal journey and I think there's something about the commitment that it takes to actually do that being a creative that's a real challenge (laughs) well like we were saying before right it's like oh yeah I want to do that but oh maybe I'll go to a Pilates class and like go for a walk around the lake or go for a wine with my girlfriends like it's we find all the ways to procrastinate don't we the full moon so I can't start it today oh mercury's in retrograde <laughs> I'll wait for the moon that'll be perfect you laugh but you know I'm like that oh I, I, and I'm the same that's why I'm laughing so it is it's so true we oh. find all the excuses but a lot of people say that they want to write a book right and I talk about yeah. this in my in the book doula program a lot of people say they want to write a book so many people I know have got it on their bucket list and we all yeah. we want to leave a legacy storytelling such a ancient thing for us to do we've been doing it civilization's been doing it for all time storytelling Mm -hmm. and but not everyone does it it takes guts so you obviously writing about something like divorce like it's extremely I can imagine extremely painful experience but also so private oh yeah yeah. And one of the things I often find with students, and we talk a lot about this when they're going through the process, is there's always a lot of fear around like 
what other people yeah. are going to say and being worried about what other people are going to say. How did you handle that? Like, how did you handle the X factor when you were writing? Look, I think, like I said before, I think this book was, it was coming. Like it was just, it needed to happen. And like with me, with the creative flow, when that's, when it just all wants to come out, like I'm not in control, like the, it's magic, like it's coming out. Um, yeah, and it comes yeah. from somewhere else, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's that inspiration and it just, it begs to be written so you have to write it. So I was, I don't know if you remember, you were here with me the night before we launched and I was petrified. <laughs> yeah, you were. Yeah. But, but I think less of, that was less about my ex. I kind of had got to the point where I didn't give a shit what he thought. <laughs> That was more about launching a creative baby and like my peers and people that knew me going, the worst thing as a writer is do you have that fear, that insecurity of like, will people like my work? Will people think this is great? Will people think it's awful? Like, and it's so personal. So I think that fear is what stops a lot of people from writing a book. And Mm. I think it's one of those things where you just have to go, okay, well, what's the worst that can happen? Is that if you write a bad book and people don't like it, is that going to define the rest of your life? No, I don't think so. So you just really have to kind of just embrace the fear and do it anyway. Like, and I think that when with kind of inspiration and and when it flows out of you, I think you know that there's some kind of serendipity there. So it's meant for you. It's right. And so you just have to, I don't know, you just have to follow that path wherever it takes you. So I think, yeah, it's, yeah, look, I had fear like everyone else does. Thankfully, people liked it. Yeah, I was going to ask, like we obviously I was involved in the process of helping, helping you kind of get it out into the world, but was there, the feedback was fantastic, wasn't it? So all these fears were so unfounded. Oh, it was so, it was phenomenal. I felt just wrapped up in love, which was such a beautiful end for me to that whole shitty divorce journey. Then we got to, I got to write a book, have a launch party, have a great time. And then the book just kind of kept, it just kept popping up and I would have people email me and buy it and just kind of go, this book's helped me through the worst part of my divorce. And I was like, well, if you got one of those, then that's why you did it. Like that's a big tick, like you've helped someone else. So from my pain, they've got something. So it's just I think that's really important. And that's kind of what I told myself. I remember having that conversation with myself on launch week. I was like, if it helps one person, then it's done its job. And if one person buys it, I'm a success. (laughs) (laughs) And more than one bought it. And like for anyone listening today, if you have... I think it's this book isn't just for people that are going through a divorce, right? It could be for like going through any kind of breakup. It's so, such a fantastic read and was such a pleasure to edit. I've got the book here. I'm going a little bit off script. I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but like, I wonder if we if we could get you, Bev, you've got a copy there with you. If we could get you to maybe read a little bit, maybe a section from it that you really love. A, And I'm just going to put it out there that I love. So for those that haven't read the book, go to welcometodtown.com and check it out because it's bloody hilarious. But the book is structured around eight stages, like the eight stages of grief. And my favourite was stage six, reheating old soup, which is... (laughs) is Stage six because that's everyone's (laughs) favourite. Reheating yeah. old soup, which is sexy time with an ex. Yeah. Um, so could we get you to read a little bit from it, Bev? 
Sure, sure. So I'll just preface this with so when reheating old soup, which is a great saying, my one of my friends in Melbourne, James, he I was talking to him as I was getting divorced and I told him about sexy times with an ex and he was like, Oh, don't worry about it. You're just reheating old soup. And I was like, what a great saying. <laughs> He doesn't like old soup that's just comforting and you know what you're getting with old soup, yeah. All right, so do you want me to just read from the start? Yeah, read a little bit of it for people listening. All right, so stage six, reheating old soup or sexy time with an ex. Hashtag boom, hashtag fancy seeing you here. Firstly, I have to say that I'm very lucky. Fate saw to it that when I ended my marriage, two of my former boyfriends were newly single and back in the country around the same time. We dated eight and 11 years ago, respectively, and I remembered both of my affairs with them fondly. They were young, sexy, uncomplicated, and so were we. I ran into them both very serendipitously, as you do, and things just kind of fell into place. There was history, attraction, understanding, and a little bit of familiarity all of the things I needed at that very moment in my breakup. Random nights ended in too many drinks, flirting, that smile, looks across a crowded room, the touch of a hand and a hopeful whisper of, come home with me. Yep, newly single me didn't stand a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and it's so true, isn't it? When you're in that, that, that pain of a breakup, and you see someone that you've had a bit of fun times with going, yeah. oh, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it helps. I think when you're newly divorced and you start dating again, that can be so confronting because you were married and now you're not. And then so going back to someone that you have had a history with is kind of easy, mm. a bit exciting because it's probably five, six, seven years on and things have changed. So, yeah, I think that is when you kind of get to the fun stage of getting over stuff. My dad, rightly or wrongly, always says, it's no way to get over that someone than to get under someone. <laughs> Oh, I love that. So you went through the shitty time, the big, you know, town. I have to ask, even Mm. though I know, because we've stayed in touch, but for those listening who have read the book, did you end up with a happy ending? Are you shacked up now? Absolutely. Yeah. So I met James, my amazing partner, literally two months after we published the book. So talk about coincidence and serendipity (laughs) there you go so I published the book and I think if you talk about vibrations and you're really happy and what you attract and you and I love all that kind of manifesting stuff I feel like I was I'd gone through enough of my divorce by the time I met him to kind of just be in a really good place Mm -hmm. and I dealt with enough of it we kind of didn't start dating for another three months after that because I made him chase me (laughs) because I'm like yeah Um, (laughs) and then when we yeah we've been dating for four years so yeah very happy ending and so well deserved because yeah yeah. so talk to me about obviously got besides reading the book what advice would you give to someone who's had their heart broken recently or going through a divorce gosh I think you actually have to it's a process be like anything like you have to actually let yourself feel it I think that 
it is a bad idea to just kind of carry on. Like you actually, when it happened to me, I tried to work through it. I tried to date through it and I just, none of those things worked. You literally have to just lick your wounds for a while and that's okay. Like you, you, you weren't expecting what happened or maybe you were, but you know, everyone goes into a marriage hoping that it works out. You don't go into a marriage thinking, I'll probably get divorced in a few years. So I think you have to give it, you have to give the breakup the respect it deserves. Bunker down, like cry, drink a lot of wine, surround yourself with good people. And just little by little, you'll just start to feel better. Like when I was so heartbroken, I remember a really good girlfriend of mine in the UK She said to me, and it's her mum's advice, she said just every day, get up, brush your hair, have a cup of tea, put your makeup on. Just little by little, you'll start to feel better. And you do, like time is a great healer. You think when you're in the thick of something that you'll never feel good again, but you will, of course you will. And that's that's life. No one goes through it without a tragedy or a trauma. I think you can let it define you or you can let it shape you and they're mm. kind of different things. So, or yeah. you can turn it into art. Or you can turn it into art. <laughs> and it's funny because I, I always wanted to write a book ever since I was little and I never knew what that book would be about. And then it's kind of like, well, I feel like for me, I turned a negative into a positive by writing D-Town. So for me, while the divorce sucked, the book is great. So it's like, oh, well, that's that was meant to happen to me so I could do that. And I love as well how you talk about all these people that have read it and it's helped them in some way to be able to just, uh, like I was chatting actually with one of the journos on the coast that we sent a copy to at a charity luncheon on Saturday. I saw it, she was hosting and and I was like, oh, I sent you D-Town and she's, I said, did you read it? And she goes, I did. And she goes, I loved it. And she said, it made me laugh and it was just perfect. And she now is actually thinking about like wanting to kind of take her experience of coming through divorce that one step further and really helping other women through running workshops. And so I think it is absolutely a niche space in terms of experiences in life to be hot and 40 and kind of have gone through those uh, really quite important years with someone to kind of lose that marriage or walk away from that marriage it's what people don't realize is it takes a lot of courage to leave Mm. like it's easier to stay a lot of people stay in the marriage or just because they're not happy and I was never going to do that so but I can totally appreciate why people do and I think it's one of those experiences where when you've been through it you will always be able to help someone else through it because you know exactly how it feels and it's a very the grief of a divorce like there's a lot of failure around divorce which I didn't before I went through it I had no idea that you felt like such a failure and you shouldn't because it's just something that didn't work out but you kind of look around you and go man everyone else can make this work this whole marriage thing why can't I so it's yeah there's a lot there's a lot in it and I think that you kind of have to be really kind to yourself along the way that's really important and it is that's such an important point that you raise as well around like 
being un- like being okay with being uncomfortable yeah. to walk away and having that courage because I think in some ways as well it is really similar to the process of writing a book right where you you have to kind of be okay with the fact that it is going to be a little bit uncomfortable and scary and it's going to require you to put yourself out there definitely I think there's a lot of courage and there's mm. a lot of you just have to realize that you're not I don't know like I like me now more than married me so for whatever reason I was meant to go through that process and come out the other side and help other people with my book or you know what so you kind of you I don't know me I kind of like to reflect back on stuff and when I look at it now I kind of go yeah well that's why that happened like if there's a reason for everything so yeah and it's and for me uh, as well, having an amazing partner now too, you kind of go, well, man, if I had stayed in that marriage, I never would have met this guy. Yeah. There's, there's a real, I think that women in their late 30s and 40s, they come out of their marriages and they're like, they're sexy and raring to go and they've got all these ideas. And like, you can, it can really be quite beautiful experience in terms of like, you just you kind of bloom. Whatever you've left behind that wasn't right for you makes space for whatever is right for you to kind of flood in. I love that. I love that. I think it's that's a really, that's what people, if you, I remember thinking to myself, if I had have stayed in my marriage, that's the best I would have ever been. That Mm. would be me. And so that's the thing you have to, sometimes you have to go through the uncomfortableness to come out the other side and see what is actually meant for you. So and, and grow in that way, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot has happened since then, right? Because you've, from this first book, it's like now there's a few little ideas banging around, isn't there? Yeah, there is. There are a few books waiting to be written. Yeah. I'm, I'm majoring in procrastination. So, um, but you're, well, like <laughs> we know that, we know it's like Mercury retrograde at the moment, but you're... <laughs> <laughs> You're a major hippie like me. And I know we both do vibe on the whole moon cycles and crystals and intention setting. But what are some of those writing rituals for you? How are you going to get out of that right procrastination? I'm going to give you that energetic kick up the bum while you're talking to me today I have some rituals and I I have little things that I do like I have certain crystals that I have on my desk and I like fresh flowers on my desk because I just find them beautiful and I there's a ring that I wear when I'm in the writing zone so you know that I've got it on today oh gorgeous so yeah there's those little things but I also think that for me you can't force it when something is ready to flow like it comes so it could come to you while you're on the bus it could come to you while you're at the computer but when that idea is ready and it's percolated enough in you it will just come out of you so you've also got to wait for the magic moment I think it's like a Gabby Bernstein who we both love calls it a cosmic dance with the universe you got to wait for the dance to start so absolutely it's that divine timing of when it's supposed to happen and I think I often think that also even about when there is a manuscript that might be kind of having fits and starts or pausing in a particular way it may be because there is something that that writer needs to experience or learn or go through in order to then for that to come to completion or it needs to come to completion to time in with something else because a lot of opportunities kind of come in from books too don't they they do but I think as well what I've discovered and I think I've only realized this in the last couple of years writing every day like I do for work or pleasure 
Writing is so mood driven. Like, and there are days when a writer can't write. So it's, I don't know, I think that you have to, some days you don't want to write and you just need to honour that as well. Go for a walk, clear your head, do whatever, go to play, whatever it is that you feel like you need to do. And then there are days with me when I'm like, oh, I'm just... I'm in the zone and you can literally not sleep those days like and just write until the keyboard catches fire. So (laughs) um, I think you've got to work with the ebbs and because when I'm tired or when I'm just not feeling it, then it doesn't come anyway. So you can't, that's what I'm saying, like you can't force the flow. But then I think with my little rituals, like I have to have to have a clear space. I can't have lots of clutter around me. I like to be alone when I'm writing. Like I kind of like to write when my family goes out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, oh, me too, a hundred percent. I get up really early in the morning to yeah. do my writing yeah. before, while everyone's sleeping. That's like I yeah. can have them in the house, but they all have to be asleep. As <laughs> soon as one person wakes up, even if I'm yeah. in a different room, it's game yeah. over. And that's the other thing I think is really good to know about yourself. And I've kind of realised that lately too, like understand when the most creative point of your day is. Mm. As For me, it's afternoon and evening. I'm not a morning person, so I don't feel it in the morning, but I'm a night owl. So like from kind of afternoon to late in the night, I love to write then because the house is quiet and mm. there's something about that time of day for me that just I love. It just it. works, yeah. Whereas I'm so morning, like all my best creative ideas, all my writing time is like between 4 a.m. Yeah, right. and 6 a.m. Like mm. it's crazy. That's And I'll often like today I woke up at 4.30, but that's not uncommon for me and I'll want to almost like jump out of bed yeah. and write. But then like. By one o'clock, I'm ready for a siesta. I should have been yeah. Spanish. I love my nana naps <laughs> when I can, obviously, when I'm not like in meetings all day or whatever. But and, yeah, and I'm the other way, like early afternoon to kind of like I could write till one in the morning, one or two in the morning. Yeah. I love it's kind of like, ooh, like, yeah, I just love that kind it's of It's because the moon's out, Bev, you know that. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey. I love her. I'm always up with the sun. You're out with the moon. I love it. So how do you stay productive when you're writing a book? I know you said at the moment there's a little bit of a procrastination kind of energy, which we're just going to sweep out from today and for everyone that's listening as well. Yeah, I think that you've really got to sit with an outline. Like before I before I touch the computer, I'm kind of, I've got a, I love stationery and I've got a notebook on the go where I'm kind of just scribbling down ideas as they come to me and they can kind of come to me anytime. So I think that I'm one of those writers that, so I think D-Town actually came together in about maybe three months. Like mm. I'd, I'd been toying around with it for for probably a year before that. I think what I do is I kind of I muck around with the outline and muck around with the characters or whatever it is and then all of a sudden it just kind of flows out. So I think I just I try and I write every day for work. So I think when I but I do find when I'm doing more creative stuff for work that's when I that's when the creative ideas come. So it's like for me, when I'm in the creative zone, more of it comes. So I'm really lucky at the moment that working for Media Stable, like that's a really creative job anyway. So that just encourages me to be more creative, which is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think that you do have to carve out, we were talking about it before, you do have to carve out space for creativity Mm. because I don't think creativity, I don't know about you, but for me it doesn't come when my mind's just so busy or like there needs to give creativity a bit of space to breathe. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And this is something beautiful, Gail Warwick, who we also love, the spiritual healer, like she's such a big advocate of this and I've had many sessions with her where I'm kind of, if I'm going through a life transition or some of those hard times that I've had where she'll talk about, cause I'm always busy, like, and I love juggling a million things. And like yeah. a lot of my friends are like, what, what the hell? Like, you're so busy. How do you do it all? You look like you got yeah. it together, which is a lie, right? If you think that, <laughs> but she often will say to me like, oh, you really like you, understand that if you take off in the middle of the day to go throw your body in the ocean and go for a swim or you go for a walk or you curl up on your bed and have a nap and read one of your favorite books for an hour, that's okay. Like that is actually also kind of percolating ideas and part of your recharging your batteries to be creative. And it's taken me a long time to be okay with that. And now I find like I almost have to schedule it in because I'm a nutter and if I don't it won't happen and like that doesn't mean it's always fixed in that way but I do really try and schedule that time in yeah I think you need a bit of peace to create whatever that looks like for you and I think you and I are the same like we're both really busy and I actually I love being busy because it's I think that the busier I am, the more motivated I am to do things. Whereas you, if you give me nothing to do, then I'll do nothing. Don't worry. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but yeah, I think that there, there is that balance between, and it's kind of about knowing yourself as well, where you just know whatever you need to kind of, not just get in that creative bubble, but also just like look after yourself. And because you're not going to be able to create if you don't feel good. You know, they mm. are like whether that's a, a nap in, in the afternoon or whether that's a run in the mornings or whatever it is that kind of clears your head you kind of have to embrace that as well it's definitely part of it but yeah I just think for me when an idea wants to come like it's coming there's yeah there's no ignoring it absolutely yeah like it's and it's just going to keep kind of tapping me on the shoulder and going hey what hey have you done anything today like and it's going to get so annoying that I'm just going to do it Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Tell me about some of the, I've been toying with the idea. I can't remember if it was you who said it to me. Yeah. So I've had a few people say to me, you should start a book club like Reese Witherspoon. Oh, like I'm yeah. always nerding out with books. Nick, my husband was laughing at me last night because he's like, oh, do you want to come for a little cuddle in my arms? I was like, can I bring my book? <laughs> he's like, you're such a nerd. <laughs> but he loves it. He forgives me for it. Yeah. Tell me about some of the writers who really inspire you. What are you currently reading at the moment at the moment I don't know if you've read it I'm reading Trent Dalton's love stories I don't know if you've read <gasps> oh I haven't picked it up yet but I am a huge fan of Trent's he, he he has like a really magical turn of phrase I reckon and he's a journo as well and love stories is short stories and it's literally people's love stories and he sat in he got given an old school typewriter and then he sat in Brisbane somewhere on a street yeah, Queen Street Mall yeah. yeah people came and told their stories and I thought what a beautiful idea and actually because it's short stories you can kind of just pick it up at any point and just kind of read 20 minutes and yeah it's so I'm really enjoying that and I think he's really clever just it's just that way he tells a story but just like all good journos, like he's telling the story, but he's not too much in the story. So, mm, mm. yeah. 
It's very um, observational. Yeah. And then, oh, look, I read Samantha Wills of Golden Dust recently. Oh, oh my gosh. I <laughs> am obsessed with that book. It yeah. is so good. Yeah. She just, I don't know, like it just, it was so well written and just really, I don't know, like all the cultural references made me laugh just back in the 90s. And just, I've always been a fan of hers, but just, I think, reading that book kind of made me like her more because she talks so much about the creative process and you kind of Mm. realize whether you're a writer or a jewelry designer or whatever you are the creative process is the same for for so many things so absolutely she's um, such an inspirational woman I saw her with a girlfriend of mine at a lunch talk last year and she is the most humble genuine beautiful woman and her book like it was so I'd always loved her jewelry but I devoured that book in like 36 hours and it was so one of those memoirs where I was like this is exactly if I was ever going to write a memoir this would be the dream to write it in this tone this style like it was just so well done yeah um, yeah. I think so and then I know a favorite of both of ours is Big Magic so Elizabeth oh yeah oh yeah yeah and I am I love her anyway but I I really like how in Big Magic she talks about how ideas come to you and they visit you and then if you don't take notice of them they go away and they go go to someone else (laughs) And that's writers often go, oh, my God, I was going to write that book. But you had that idea and you didn't do anything with it, right? (laughs) I do. I love that as well. I can just imagine all these little ideas floating around in the universe. Um, No, she's, and I think she's a writer that she, it's really interesting because she talks about before Eat, Pray, Love, how she had written, she'd written a ton of books before that. And then she had one, one big hit that Mm. changed her life. And that's, that's the dream, isn't it, as a writer? Oh, gosh. And she's, she also seems really humble. And then, yeah, the other one, although I haven't actually read her books as such yet, Gabby Bernstein, I love her. I kind of listen to her podcasts and she's inspiring just for her. She's so prolific as a writer and a creator. Yeah. And yeah. a speaker as well, like her speak, yeah. like the way she speaks is just so yeah. articulate, yeah. isn't it? I yeah. yeah, I've read a couple of her books and she's a beautiful writer. Like her yeah. work is just so, so yeah. inspiring. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, and she's a book coach as well, right? Yeah. So, yeah. which I remember actually years ago when, because when we were doing D-Town, you're like, oh my God, you should do this for a living and you're oh my, my first God. book baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, which I, was such a privilege and set me on my own little journey. So thank yeah. you for that, Bevels. You're amazing. Okay. No, it what? was I, for both of us. Like I was talking to my partner about it this morning, giving him the brief history because you haven't met, sadly. Yeah. But I was saying I knew that I wanted to write a book and it just came to me that the perfect person to do that with was you. And I remember having that conversation with you. Babe, I've got this idea. <laughs> You were kind of like, yeah, I'd be up for that. And we just kind of, I don't know, we like, we kind of did together, which was a really beautiful way to do it. And I think you, the great thing about you and why I recommend you book doula to everyone in the program that you do is because you would just because as a, you're a creative too, but you're also, you held me accountable. You were like, okay, babe, well, where's this bit? I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm doing it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I am a little bit of a bitch like that. It's tough love, isn't it? <laughs> you need to be held accountable. And I think just the way that you look at the whole, if you self-publish or whatever it is that you decide to do, it is such a process. And for a creative, like I think that you just create, you create the thing and then you, okay, well, what do I do with this book now? I've got it. And that's where you were so instrumental because like D-Town wouldn't exist without you, babe. Oh, you're a sweetheart. It wouldn't be a published book. It would be a manuscript sitting in my drawer. (laughs) No, it wouldn't have. You would have done it. And you, I think as well, what worked so well, like obviously you're in Perth and I do hope I can meet beautiful James one day. Now the borders are open, but the, you work in PR as well. And so I think we both were able to kind of journey through that process together really well because we understood yeah um, how to kind of get it out there I'd love to pick your brain a little bit because obviously a lot of people that listen to this podcast might be interested in writing a book but they're also often small business owners and creatives in their own rights what tips would you have for someone who is kind of looking to promote themselves through PR and getting themselves either their book or their business out there what do you think worked well in that space Oh, look, I reckon, I think that you and I kind of were able to do a certain amount of it because we had all the contacts, right? And yeah. I think we knew how to play the game and I had a bit of a profile here and that kind of made things quite easy. But I actually think in hindsight, it's really hard to promote your own work. And I mm. think that you, that that's what I've kind of learned from working at Media Stable as well because that's kind of what we do for people. I think that it's really... I think it's easier for someone else to promote you rather than you to promote yourself. It's as confident as you might be. It's really difficult. Like it's difficult to promote yourself because you're basically going, yeah, my book's amazing. You should totally interview me. And a lot of the time you don't feel like that. Like I think that writers especially are not great at self-promotion. A hundred percent. We're introverts, basically. We might be introverted extroverts, but we are introverts at baseline. So you, I think you actually need for someone to kind of sit with you with all the contacts and kind of nut out. It's not just about the book. It's also about you as a person and what you've been through and how personal you're willing to get in your interviews and all that kind of stuff. So I, I would actually say it's difficult to promote yourself like we we managed to do it I think because you did some of it and I did some of it and I think between us we kind of Mm, we had the relationships to do it yeah Yeah. which would be unique that's what's really important if you don't have those relationships then you need to go to someone like shameless plug media stable (laughs) (laughs) and get them to do it for you because I think that's what that takes it to the next level and that's when you kind of find yourself on the Today Show or whatever it is that you want to be. But I think as well, have a think about everyone who writes a book always has a dream about where they want to see themselves. You know, where would you like to see yourself interviewed? What's the dream? Is it Vanity Fair? Is it the Today Show? Is it Vogue? Is it, I like just have a goal. Like I think mm. that's really important too. I think for me, I probably didn't I probably didn't think that through enough with D-Town, but I definitely will for the second, third, fourth book. but I think it was a bit of a whirlwind because I was so I was kind of two things I was really proud of myself for doing it but I was also quite like I was still quite shy about the whole process and I think what D-Town did for me as well is kind of just coached me through now now I can kind of say I'm an author I write books and I feel comfortable saying that but when I 
published Detail and I felt I felt like a little bit like I'm an author. <laughs> it just I think it takes time to kind of get used to that idea or to like, yeah, you are an author. I'd be proud of that. Mm. And comfortable saying that to people because I think sometimes you like because I've always I would say I'm a journalist. I've been a journalist for 25 years. I'm comfortable with that. But the author thing was new. So yeah. I think when I do it next time, it will be it'll be slightly different to how I did it last time. But that's my first book. So of course that's it's a learning curve. As much it's a learning curve for you with your, your self-promotion, not just being an author, but like how do you want to position yourself? Yeah, like how do you want to be seen by the world? Like it's not just about your book. What's your profile? And that's different for everyone. So I think, yeah, I think that's really hard for writers. I think self-promotion is super difficult for writers because most of us are kind of... It's actually really difficult for women generally. Yeah. That that we have that tendency to kind of hide and make ourselves small at times, which... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I know a lot of journos and I think that the journos I know who are TV journos or radio journos are much better at self-promotion because that the profile that comes with that as a job is part mm. of it. But when you are a print journo like I was, like you like to hide behind your words. You might have a photo in a headshot, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not necessarily getting stopped in the street as much okay. because you're not as no- well-known. And Absolutely. I think that- and I think you also like things like Instagram and that's changed the game as well, where you kind of, you are your brand. When we launched the book, Instagram didn't exist like it does now. Like it was there, but no one really kind of, it wasn't a thing. So I think, yeah, social media has definitely changed the game of self-promotion because you can do a lot of it yourself, but I do think that you need someone to guide you. I think it's much easier and you probably get better results if you also work with someone on it. Fantastic. Well, if people are listening today, where can they find you, Bev? Where can they, how can they connect with you? So you can, website is welcometodetown.com. Find me on Instagram as well. So it's Beverly Ligman underscore author. So on Instagram, you can direct message me on there. And yeah, I think it will be, there will be new books. I'm feeling it this year. So I feel like I'm going to be a winter writer this year while when it's getting cold here now. So I feel like I'm going to kind of get into that creative flow again pretty soon. So, but I've been doing, when I say that, I've been doing the background work on that for a a few months now anyway. It's nice. It's happening. And if I say it to you, then it has to happen. Uh, Well, you're saying it to everyone that's listening here today. I love that for you. I'm so excited. And I'm here. I'm ready to work on the next one with you when you're ready. Beautiful soul. Yeah. But I think, no, I'm excited. I think that obviously people kind of ask me, oh, are you going to do a a sequel to D-Town? And actually, no, because I feel like that's done. Like the divorce book was its own thing. And then for me, I'm kind of quite private about my life. So I think what I'm looking at doing is a fiction book, which terrifies mm-hmm. But I also really want to challenge myself. So, but then I think of a couple of other non-fiction ideas floating around as well. So You're going to be a busy girl. I think there's going to be a lot of books. So busy. Yeah. That's great. And I think that's when you kind of really believe in yourself as an author. Like I think one book, you go, yeah, I wrote a book. When you go, yeah, no, I've written a few books. That's a different thing. Well, and also that first one provides that launching pad because you've got the confidence Mm -hmm. and you know you can do it. Yeah. Done it before. And so know what the process entails and then how to to do that. It's just a matter of showing up at the page and doing it. 
Yeah, and I think I know you love, is it Julia Cameron's? Yes. Um, And I think that. The artist's way. And I think that whether, I think for if you want to write, like write. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. and write about what, like, I think it's really, you can write about things that you don't know, but you'll probably be able to tell. There is something about Mm. writing from life, what you've experienced that really works. And a lot of writers say that they use their life experiences and that's. hundred percent. Yeah. I think you have to. And I think the most powerful stories are often the real ones too. And that's the journal in me, but it's like. It absolutely is so true. Like real life, yeah. the human condition and real life is fascinating. Oh, yeah. um, we're fascinating creatures, really. Yeah. yeah, and I think the more you write, I think with writing, the more you write, the better you get. So if you're mm. writing every day, even if it's in a journal, like a stream of consciousness or whatever you want to do, the more you write, the better you get. Mm. Like I think about myself as a young journal and I think, oh my God. But now 25 years later, you hone your craft, you do it every day and it's a muscle. You have to keep exercising. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Bev, it's been so beautiful to finally have you on the show. Thank you so much for, we could talk till the cows come home, my friend. We could and we often have. (laughs) Yes, we have. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Yeah, I just think that for anyone out there that wants to write a book, I say just start. Even if you hate it, just have a go. And it might not be the book that you end up writing, but I don't know. They say everyone's got a book in them. Have a go. Put some words on paper, whether that's typing something or writing something in a notebook and just see where it takes you because did I think that I'd get a divorce and write a book well no but here we are and that's the beautiful journey that creativity takes you on sometimes so you have to just embrace it I think and just see where it takes you absolutely the universe always has other plans for us I would say if there's anyone listening right now it's probably a pretty strong sign that you're meant to (laughs) write a book isn't it funny how things happen? You kind of, you put it out there and then you listen to something and then there you go. Like it's, it, I absolutely believe in serendipity and there's too many coincidences in my life to not. Absolutely. Yeah. Just no risk, no magic. I think that's the thing about writing a book. Putting yourself out there might be terrifying, but imagine if you write a book that helps people and by the other end of that, you're an author. Mm. Right? win So Absolutely. And it's something that will last beyond your lifetime as well, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, exactly. It's a legacy. And I think it's, it's your story and who better to tell your story than you? Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much. Beautiful. For those of you who haven't read D-Town, do yourself a favor and buy a copy. If you're going through a divorce or a breakup or you got a bestie that's in a bad way, welcome to D-Town.com. Thank you so much. Beautiful Bev. Thank you. My pleasure to finally do this podcast with you. Yay! <laughs> well, you picked, ticked one of those procrastination things yeah. off your list, lady. <laughs> Thanks, that. honey. How divine is Bev Ligman? She is the most divine human being. So I hope that those of you who that maybe have ever faced into the devastation of heartbreak or a shitty divorce found that conversation useful. And also, I hope that anyone that's listening that maybe has felt inspired to want to write a book, maybe will 
kind of take that leap and get it out there. Now, for those of you that are listening um, and might be interested in writing a book, I have a bit of a goodie for you, a freebie, if you will. Every Wednesday at 1pm Australian Eastern Standard Time between now and the 1st of August, when the Book Doula Program uh, digital course next kicks off, can come along and register to a free masterclass. In this free masterclass, I'm going to share the seven secrets to not only successfully actually finish writing your book, but also to sell and market your book. So if you have, um, whether you've got a half-baked manuscript or just a book idea, or it's just something you've always wanted to do, um, feel free to come along to that. So to register your interest, hit www.thebookdoula.com doula.com.au forward slash free and you can register there and um, I run that masterclass. I'm running that masterclass weekly between now and when the Book Doula program kicks off. The doors for the program open on the 27th of June so if you really are ready to take that next big leap and get yourself, get your book finished and get yourself out there then make sure you register for that. You can visit www.thebookdoula.com.au, join the wait list, and you'll be the first to know when doors open. Spots are extremely limited, so make sure you check that out. All right, guys. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I would so love if you're listening and you found it useful. Pretty please, could you head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review? I'll give you a shout out on a future episode. I really appreciate all your support. And I hope that you have a fabulous week ahead. See you guys.